Al Bayan Radio presents the following lesson live from Masjid Al Azhar, Birmingham. Gathering to study the life of our beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the one who every single Muslim in reality should know about. You know, we've mentioned so many times uh, things related to this. So, inshallah, there's no need for the repetition. I think we are up to uh, lesson number six. And last week or last uh, lesson, we discussed uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's parents and the death of his father Abdullah. And we said that the Prophet ﷺ's father Abdullah died at the age of 25. And we already discussed the topic about the belief of the parents of the Prophet ﷺ, which was obviously that they died on other than Islam. And inshallah, that's going to come in the future with some of the statements of the ulama regarding that. We said that his father passed away at the age of 25 years, according to the most correct opinion. As Al-Waqidi rahimahullah says, he says, This is the most authentic of statements. And Abdullah left for his son uh, pretty much three things in inheritance. Generally speaking, he left off in inheritance three things. One of them was five camels. Another one was a little bit of sheep. And then uh, uh, the third one, and pretty much the most important of these, was a female Abyssinian slave by the name of Barakah. And she was known as uh, Ummu Ayman. And Ummu Ayman, uh, rahimahullah, we're going to inshallah discuss her in detail. She was an Abyssinian uh, slave who was owned by Abdul Muttalib. And we mentioned a bit about that. And then she was given to Abdullah, of course. And then to, uh, obviously, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. And she actually became a Muslim early on. And she done the hijrah to Al-Habasha, to Abyssinia. And then she done the second hijrah, of course, from uh, Mecca to Al-Madinah. And inshallah, we're going to, as I said, discuss that. And just a side point here regarding the topic of inheritance. Now, this obviously isn't a fiqh lesson and the likes, but it's very important, my brothers, that we understand that the prophets, as the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the prophets do not leave off anything as inheritance except for obviously, as we know, the knowledge. So when you come and you study whether it's about his life, whether you're studying whatever related to Islam, in reality, you are taking part of the inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And another side note regarding those who gather and gather and gather and collect and collect and collect to leave off for their children. The best thing, my brothers, you can leave off for your children and your families is that which the prophets they left off, which is once again what the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam left off when he said that we, the prophets, or we, or I, do not leave off as inheritance the dinars and the dirhams and the likes, but rather he left off knowledge. That's the best thing you can possibly leave off for your families. Whether it be your wives, whether it be your children, whether it be whatever it is, the best thing you can leave off is the teaching uh, or teaching them uh, the Quran and the Sunnah. So many people, they're so immersed in leaving off houses and buildings and land and this and that and wealth and you know, oh, but how am I going to leave this world or depart this world and I haven't left off for my children a house? Oh, haram, they're going to get tired. They're going to have to work. No, I've got to work. I've got to do this to leave off. What about the religion? You know, we're not saying it's haram, obviously, to leave off these kind of things for the family. Of course not. And we mentioned the hadith prior regarding actually uh, the uh, you know recommendation of leaving your family off uh, to some degree wealthy, so that they don't have to beg the people and the likes. But so many people they focus on that aspect, and it's at the cost, unfortunately, of their religion. 
or they focus so much on that aspect, but they forget the aspect of teaching the families uh, or the children, the religion and the likes. But that is the best thing you can possibly give them and you can possibly leave off for your children. Now, as for the birth of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there is so much to say about it. And as I mention almost every week, this isn't an advanced explanation, nor is it, inshallah, a very, very simple explanation. So we want to try to take a few uh, side points if you'd like to mention. And today, inshallah, we're going to actually be discussing the foretelling or, or the coming, the foretelling of the coming of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was actually mentioned in both the Torah and the Injil. And Ahlul Kitab, both the Jews, the Christians and the likes, they knew of the coming of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam. But they rejected for their own reasons. For example, as we know, the Jews, they believed they were the chosen people. So as soon as they see prophethood coming from the lineage of our Prophet Ismail alayhi salam, they rejected amongst other reasons. So what caused them to reject the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? None other than their arrogance their pride, their stubbornness, and the likes. And inshallah today, we're going to be going through some texts from the Qur'an and the Sunnah to show how Ahlul Kitab actually knew the coming of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam or knew that this individual Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was indeed the Prophet. And many or this was actually based off their, their previous texts. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ because not all of them disbelieved. Some of them who were sincere, some of them who were sincere, they noticed, they recognized that this is the Prophet وسلم, that was mentioned in our texts, and so they believed in him, which is what they should do. So Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, and when they, meaning some of those who referred to themselves and called themselves the Christians, and when they listen to what has been said, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you see their eyes overflowing with tears because of the truth which they recognized. They say, our Lord, we believe, so write us down amongst those who witness. وَمَا لَنَا لَا نُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَمَا جَاءَنَا مِنَ الْحَقِّ and why should we not believe in Allah? Yani this is them saying. And why should we not believe in Allah and in that which has come to us of the truth? And we wish that our Lord admits us amongst those who are the righteous people. But then Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ الرَّسُولَ النَّبِيَّ الْأُمِّيَّ الَّذِي يَجِدُونَهُ مَكْتُوبًا الَّذِي يَجِدُونَهُ مَكْتُوبًا عِنْدَهُمْ فِي التَّورَاتِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ Clear-cut Allah Azza wa Jal showing us how he is mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Torah and in the Gospel. He says subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who follow the messenger, the unlettered prophet who can neither read nor write, whom they find written with them in the Torah and the Injil. So Allah is clearly showing us and telling us how he is written in their own texts. That's why those who used to debate like the likes of Ahmad Didat, Rahimahullah, and also Zakir Na'ik and the likes, yani because they have such great knowledge in the books of the scriptures, in the books pretty much what they refer to as the Bible and the likes, because they had such great knowledge of what's in their books, it was easy for them by the will of Allah Azza wa Jal to show the clear 
contradictions regarding them knowing of the coming and the sending of the Prophet ﷺ, but them rejecting based off this arrogance and trying to hide and trying to conceal, as Allah Azza wa Jal told us. And inshallah, when it comes to the signs of prophethood and the likes, we're going to discuss this in a bit of uh, lengthier detail. Allah Azza wa Jal says, الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ لَيَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, those to whom we gave the scripture, they recognize they know the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanallah. They recognize him. They know it's Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They know he is an individual, a man sent by Allah azza wa jal. Look what Allah says. And those who we gave the scripture recognize him as they recognize their own sons. You know, is anyone gonna not recognize their own child? Of course not. He's gonna know him. He's gonna know him inside out. And they knew this was Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam inside out. But Allah says, Some of them, a group of them, a party of them, they conceal the truth. And this is their reality, يعني, concealing the truth, hiding the truth, playing around with the narrations and the likes, playing around with the verses, playing around with that which was revealed to them initially. This is why their scriptures are distorted. They're known for this. But when it came to the Qur'an, the Qur'an is the one book that Allah Azza wa Jal he is the one that took it upon himself subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve. He is the one that he says in Surah Al-Hijr, Indeed, we are the ones who sent down the reminder, which is the Qur'an. And indeed, we are the ones who will protect it. We are the ones who will safeguard it. This is why the Qur'an, no matter who tries and how many try, they will never be able, they will never be able to change it, distort it, the way, the way that the Christians and the Jews and the likes distorted their own texts. Allah Azza wa Jal with the previous text, He left it to their people. As for the Qur'an, as I said, He is the one that has promised us that He is going to preserve that Qur'an. And that's why when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and some of the ulama, they regarded this narration as weak, Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions it in his tafsir, tafsir Ibn Kathir, he mentions it in his tafsir, and he said it is a strong, uh, uh, it has a strong chain, or it is a strong narration. Listen to this, subhanAllah, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he came across a Jewish man. This Jewish man, his son was dying. Now obviously any father, if their child is going, like if their child has a headache, he's going to feel. Then imagine the child dying on his deathbed. So he's reading his text. He's reading the Torah to try to seek some kind of solace. To try to get some kind of comfort. So the Prophet wasallam he says, Anshuduka, anshuduka, billadhi anzalat Torah. That I ask you, by the one who sent down the Torah. By Allah, yani. Anshuduka. بِالَّذِي أَنزَلَ التَّوْرَاهِ هَلْ تَجِدُ فِي كِتَابِكَ ذَا صِفَةِ وَمَخْرَجِ Do you find any mentioning in this book of yours of my attributes and my coming? So what did he reply? فَقَالَ بِرَأْسِهِ هَكَذَا So he shook his head. يعني no, no. And look how his own son, his own son bore witness against him. And his own son went against him. فَقَالَ ابْنُهُ His son said, Yes, by the one who sent down the Torah. 
by Allah. Indeed, we do find in our book the mention of your attributes and your coming. This is after his own father. His own dad said, no, in our book we don't find any of your attributes. And we don't find that you're going to come. So then his own son belied him. And he said, e wallah, yes, by Allah, or by the one who sent down the Torah, we do find your attributes in our book. And we do find knowledge, information that you're going to come. And then he said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and that you are Rasulullah, you are the messenger of Allah. And likewise, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my brothers, when he said, there are three who will have their rewards, they will have their rewards doubled. Who are these people? One of these three, a man from the people of the book, a man from the people of the book, he believed in his prophet. He believed in his prophet. So for example, the Jews believing in Musa, the Christians believing in Isa and the likes. Then this man from Ahlul Kitab, he met the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Or he was present when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came out and preached the message and became a messenger and the likes. So he believes in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he follows him. This individual, he'll get double rewards. Why? He believed in his Prophet and he also believed in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. And likewise the story of Heraclius. Heraclius was the Roman Byzantine emperor. He was a devout Christian and it was mentioned that he used to be involved in some sort of soothsaying and in some sort of yani, yani, you know, uh, fortune telling if you'd like to say. So what, the, what happened after arriving to Jerusalem, Heraclius saw a dream of someone coming to power to reign. Who was this individual coming to power? And he knew something big was going to happen. So in the dream, he saw it as the head of the ones who get circumcised. He saw it, this individual, is the head of the one or the ones who get circumcised. So he asked his people, who are the ones, who are the people that get circumcised? They said to him, the Jews. And then they said a few things until he got information that it was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a long, long hadith, obviously you can go back to it inshallah in the books of hadith. And the story also of al-Najashi, which al-Hakim rahimahullah narrates in his mustadrak. And I thought I would add this inshallah. It's a beautiful narration and we're going to discuss it at length inshallah. Uh, the hadith mentions that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, uh, instructed us to set out to the land of Abyssinia. And inshallah we're going to discuss this narration when we talk about the very first hijrah. News of that reached Quraysh, reached the Kafar. So they sent out Amr ibn al-As and Umar ibn al-Walid, who collected gifts for the king of Abyssinia and Najashi Negus. We and they came to uh, the king, yani. So now us, the Muslims, after they done the hijrah, and also the Kafar of Quraysh, because now Quraysh, they know that they're going to are the king. So they want, they want to make them look bad pretty much. As I said, when we get there, inshallah, we'll discuss it more. For what happened, we went to Negus and Najashi, the king, and they also went. Yani, the Quraysh. 
So here what happened? They also collected gifts and they gave the gifts, they gave the gifts to Negus. So they prostrated to him. Amr ibn al-As said, some of our people, the Arabs, have turned away from our religion and they, they're in your land. They went to seek, obviously, shelter and the likes, yani refuge in the land. Negus said to them, in my land? He said, yes. So he sent for us. And Ja'far said to us, Ja'far obviously, radiallahu uh, ta'ala uh, anhu, uh, the great companion, he said, none of you speak. He told his companions, yani the, the believers, none of you speak, I'll speak. And this shows us, brothers, that when it comes, and we spoke about this in Kitab al-Tawheed يعني, yesterday, and I strongly advise for those يعني, uh, who want certain rulings, or in depth, more in-depth rulings regarding Tawheed and the likes, and inshallah, it's a great lesson if you can come Thursday nights. We give the lesson weekly uh, at Auburn. It's a double lesson يعني, from after Isha till about 9.30 almost. Fahia, we spoke yesterday, we said, generally speaking, the Salaf would not desire leadership. The Salaf would not desire leadership. They would actually run away from being put in those positions. But if you know from yourself that Allah Azza wa Jal has blessed you in this position, for example, to be the most suitable for the job, to be the most suitable for the job, or you know that if you don't do something, you don't get put in that position, it could cause harm to the Muslims, it could cause harm to yourselves, etc. There's no problem here. And we know already, obviously the story of Yusuf alayhi salam and one, two, three, we discussed that. Yani, it's not the time for it now. The point is what Ja'far said to the rest of the companions, don't speak, none of you speak, I speak. We came to An-Najashi when he was sitting in the court with Amr ibn al-As on his right, Umara on his left, and the priests and monks were sitting in the rows, two rows. Amr and Umara said to him, they won't prostrate to you. You know, the Muslims only prostrate to Allah Azza wa Jal. Not like some who unfortunately, they say we're Muslims. And they go prostrate to the graves. And they go prostrate to this guy and this guy, their sheikh, their wali, etc. The Muslims, they only prostrate to Allah Azza wa Jal. So here what happened, subhanAllah, Amr and Umara said, they're not going to prostrate to you. They're telling the king now. After they prostrated to him, they said they're not going to prostrate to you. As I said, they want to make him look bad. So what happened? When he came, the, uh, uh, yani when we came to him, it says, the priests and monks who were with him said, prostrate to the king. Khalas, it's the king now, you've got to prostrate to him. Ja'far said, we only prostrate to Allah. We only prostrate to Allah. And I want to take a little side, little rant right now. There's an interesting story, yani, that happened with Abu Bakr al-Baqillani, rahimahullah ta'ala. And he was known, brothers, he was known for his intelligence. And he was known yani, for his quick replies. And he was known for his debating skills. He was a very good debater. You've know, got to be very intelligent, yani, on the spot answers and stuff like that. So it was mentioned that one instance, yani, I put two little gatherings here. It was mentioned that a Christian once said to him, for example, on his, you know, his, his, his intelligence. He says, Antumul Muslimun, indakum, indakum The Christian said to him, you Muslims, you're racist, pretty much. So then he said, And why? This is Abu Bakr yani, replying to him, why? Like, why would you say that? So he said, Nahnu, or he said, you permit for yourselves marrying the people of the scripture, yani for the men to marry the Christians and the Jews is allowed. It's allowed. He says, you permit for yourselves marrying the people of the scripture, the Jews and the Christians, but you don't permit others, meaning them, to marry your women. So what was his reply? What was it? He could have replied in a thousand ways, yani, obviously. But look at his reply. He says, Nahnu natazawwaj. 
that we marry Jews, we can marry the Jewish women because we believe in Moses. And we marry, we can marry the Christians because we believe in Jesus. We believe in Isa. When you believe in Muhammad, then we'll marry off our daughters to you. Because huh? then they'll be Muslims, they'll be believers pretty much. But never will they, obviously, except if they accept Islam in one, two, three. And it's been mentioned as Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, uh, he mentions that Abu Bakr al-Baqillani, rahimahullah, was chosen by the king of Iraq in the year 371 to go and debate the Christians of Constantinople. And when the king of Rome knew of the coming of al-Baqillani, look, subhanallah, he commanded the door to get, to get shortened. Why did he command the door to get shortened? Because he wanted al-Baqillani, when he walked in on him, to uh, bend, to bend at least, yani. Because they know Muslims... We prostrate to Allah alone. We prostrate to Allah Azza wa Jal alone, not to no one else. Unlike some who say, anyway. <laughs> Unlike some who say you can prostrate to graves, a'udhu billah. Anyway, so <laughs> you got to add it, yani. So he says, yeah, I repeat, brothers, Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi, he collects this. He says, in the year 371, Abu Bakr al-Baqillani, rahimahullah ta'ala, he was chosen by the king of Iraq to go and debate a Christian in Constantinople. The Christians, yani, from there. So when the king of Rome knew of the coming of Al-Baqillani, he commanded that the door get shortened. So when Al-Baqillani walks in, he pretty much bends to him at least. He bows, he bows to him. As we said, Al-Baqillani was known, yani, he was very, very smart, very intelligent. So now he got there, he knew what they tried to do. He knew that he's trying to force me to bow now. So when he arrived after knowing the plot, he turned his body behind, he bent and he walked in backwards. <laughs> He walked in backwards. He, he entered with his backside. He then said to the priests, listen. He said to the priests, how are you and your family and your children? So then the king of Rome, he said to him, he got angry. Don't you know that our priests don't get married? And they don't have children? He said, Allahu Akbar, you glorify and extol your priests from getting married? And you claim that Allah married Maryam and had Isa? Like what an insult, يعني. it's an insult, it's an insult to you to say your priests got married. And it's not an insult, it's an insult to you to say your priests got married and he had a, they had children. And it's not an insult to you to say Allah had a son. يعني, how? So then subhanallah, after some of the, the, the speech between back give and take, يعني, he said, Hal kana nabiyukum Did your prophet used to يعني, pretty much go to war? Did he used to battle? قال أبو بكر نعم he said yes the king said فهل كان يقاتل في المقدمة did your prophet used to fight at the forefront at the front Abu Bakr said yes نعم قال الملك فهل كان ينتصر was he uh, successful was he victorious in these battles Abu Bakr said yes نعم قال الملك فهل كان يهزم did he used to get defeated look he's trying to now this is the king trying to put Abu Bakr into a corner he says did your prophet used to battle, go out to war? Abu Bakr said, yes. He says, did your prophet pretty much, you know, used to fight at the front? He said, yes. He says, this is the king. Did your prophet, uh, uh, was he victorious? He said, yes. Did he used to get defeated sometimes? Abu Bakr said, yes. He says, now trying to put him in the corner, the king, Nabiyun wa yuhzam, a prophet, and he gets defeated sometimes? 
So mind you, what was this king of Rome? What religion? Christian. So he says, Ailahun wa yuslab? What a God! And he got crucified? <laughs> yani you're trying to get me in a corner. But the prophet, or the prophet, from the wisdom of Allah Azza wa Jal, at times, yani maybe lost the battle, for example, or part of, or things like this. You're trying to put me in the corner because of that. But you're saying a God that got crucified on a cross? Yani, <laughs> how? Subhanallah. For now they said we only prostrate to Allah. Going back now to the, to the hadith. We only prostrate to Allah. Ja'far, khalas, took the stance here. You have to have a real leader in these positions. You're talking to the king now of Abyssinia. We only prostrate to Allah. Nigga said to him, why is that? He said, Allah has sent to us his messenger. He is the messenger who was foretold by Isa. Alayhi salam. This is the whole point. I wanted to even mention this. We said that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he was foretold, his coming was foretold in the previous scriptures. For he says to Negus, he's talking to a king who was Christian now, a devout Christian, and the Christians are around him as well. Quraysh is around him trying to put him in that corner, some of them. So he says here, because Allah azza wa jal sent to us his messenger. He is the messenger who was foretold. Look at the wisdom, يعني, the wisdom of Ja'far here. He didn't just say, خلص, he's the messenger, that's it. He got to them in a, he got to him and them in a very wise way. يعني, you're claiming to be Christians. You're claiming to be followers of Isa. You're claiming to be followers of Musa, for example. You're claiming to be followers of what prophet? Every prophet? Now, every prophet pretty much was foretold of the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's what Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَإِذْ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيَّ مِنَ التَّوْرَاهِ وَمُبَشِّرًا بِرَسُولِ يَأْتِ مِنْ بَعْدِ اسْمُهُ أَحْمَدِ Allah says, translated, and when Jesus, the son of Mary, said, O children of Israel, indeed I am the messenger of Allah to you, confirming what came before me of the Tawrat, and bringing glad tidings of a messenger who will come after me, and his name is Ahmed. So then Ja'far continues, he says, he instructed us to worship Allah, and to not associate partners with him, and to establish the prayer, to give zakat, he instructed us to do what is right, and forbade us to do what is wrong. You know, you want, if you want a summary of how to give da'wah, this is a summary of how to give da'wah. Look at these beautiful words. Look at these amazing words. Some people, they'll go and they'll give da'wah through philosophical principles and the likes. Principles they inherited from Aristotle and Plato when we have the Qur'an and the Sunnah here. Look at how the companions would give da'wah to the non-Muslims. Some people, they act as if it's not enough to use the Qur'an and the Sunnah to give da'wah to non-Muslims, to atheists. What are you talking about? The Qur'an and Sunnah is sufficient for us. Look at these beautiful words he instructed us to worship Allah, to not commit shirk, to establish the prayer, to give zakah. He instructed us to do what is right and he forbade us from what is wrong. The people were surprised at his words, they were impressed. And when Amr saw that, he said, may Allah bless the king. Now once again, they're trying to make him look bad now. This is Amr saying about now, the Muslims say, it speaks, may Allah bless the king. They disagree with you concerning what you say about Isa. So then An-Najashi said to Ja'far, what does your companion, yani Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what, what does he say about the son of Maryam, yani Isa? 
Ja'far said, he says concerning him what Allah said. He is a soul created by Allah and his word, whom he brought forth from Maryam alayhi salam, whom no man had touched. Then An-Najashi picked up a stick from the ground. He held it up and he said, O priests and monks, what these people say about Isa, yani the son of Maryam, does not differ from what you say by as much as the weight of this stick. Welcome to you and the one from whom you have come. I bear witness that he is the messenger of Allah and that he is the one who was foretold by Isa. So as I said, Isa alayhi salam, he gave his people the glad tidings of the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he said a few words, inshallah, when we get to the narration, we'll discuss. And on top of that, every prophet, my brothers, every single prophet that was sent had a covenant taken on them by Allah azza wa jal. That if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam appeared, they would follow him. They would believe in him. They would support him. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَا تَنْصُرُنَّهِ قَالَ أَأَقْرَرْتُمْ وَأَخَذْتُمْ عَلَى ذَلِكُمْ إِصْرِي قَالُوا أَقْرَرْنَا قَالَ فَاشْهَدُوا وَأَنَا مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ And remember when Allah took the covenant of the prophets, subhanAllah, all the prophets, Allah Azza wa Jal took the covenant saying, take whatever I gave you from the book and the wisdom, and afterwards there will come to you a messenger, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, confirming what is with you. You must then believe in him and help him, support him. And Allah Azza wa Jal said to them, do you agree? And will you take my covenant? He, or they said, yes, we agree. He said, bear witness and I am with you from amongst those who uh, witness. And that's why it was mentioned that Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he says, مَا بَعَثَ اللَّهُ نَبِيَّ إِلَّا أَخَذَ عَلَيْهِ الْمِيثَاقِ That Allah Azza wa Jal did not send a prophet, did not send a single prophet, except that he took the covenant from them. لَإِنْ بُعِثَ مُحَمَّدٌ وَهُوَ حَيٍّ لَيُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَا يَنْصُرُنَّهِ That if Muhammad emerges, is sent, whilst they are still alive, these prophets, they will believe in him, and they will support him. And likewise, he told the prophets, commanded the prophets to take from the, his nation, to take from that prophet's nation, the same covenant. If Muhammad وسلم, is sent, emerges when they're alive, they have to believe in him and they have to support him. And that's why when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu reading some of the scriptures of Ahlul Kitab, reading it, he got angry, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he said the famous uh, hadith, which I'm sure we've all heard before, the famous hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, by the one in whose hand my soul is. Pretty much summarizing, paraphrasing, there is not a Christian or a Jew or a Jew, who hears of me and the message, who hears of me and the message, and then he rejects it, he doesn't believe in me, except that he will be from the people of the fire. And that's why also, brothers, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as comes in a narration which Al-Imam Ahmad collected, Al-Imam Al-Tabarani collected, uh, and many other of the ulama, the companions, uh, they said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, akhbirna an nafsik. 
O Messenger of Allah, inform us about yourself. So he says, Ana da'watu Abi Ibrahim wa Bushra Isa. I am the dua, meaning the accepted supplication of my father Ibrahim alayhi salam, and I am the glad tidings of Isa, of Jesus, yani the son of Maryam alayhi salam. For here, this once again proves and reiterates that they knew of his coming. And the people of Ahlul Kitab, the scripture, they knew of his coming. What was that dua of Ibrahim as Allah Azza wa Jal tells us? رَبَّنَا وَبَعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ He says, our Lord, raise from amongst them, the offspring, a messenger who will recite to them your revelations, teach them the book and the wisdom and purify them. Indeed, you alone are the Almighty, the All-Wise. And my brothers, it's not just Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whose traits were mentioned in the books, but it was also the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. As we know, even from the Qur'an, Allah azza wa jal tells us how the traits of these great men, the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were mentioned in the Torah and the Gospel, in the Torah and the Injil. At the last verse or in the last verse of Surah Al-Fatih, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, Muhammadun Rasulullah, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ أَشِدَّاءُ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ And to the end of the verse, you can go to the last verse of Surah Al-Fatih. That's why Al-Imam Ibn Abi Dawood, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, he mentions in his uh, uh, text, Al-Ha'iyyah, he says, وَقُلْ خَيْرَ قَوْلٍ فِي الصَّحَابَةِ كُلِّهِمْ وَقُلْ وَقُلْ خَيْرَ قَوْلٍ فِي الصَّحَابَةِ كُلِّهِمْ وَلَا تَقُطَعَانًا تَعِيبُ وَتَجْرَحُ فَقَدْ نَطَقَ الْوَحْيُ الْمُبِينُ بِفَضْلِهِمْ وَفِي, وفي الْفَتْحِ آيٌ لِلصَّحَابَةِ تَمْدَحُ Mentioning how at the end of this, he says, يعني, I'll summarize both lines just for our benefit. He says, and only say, only say good about the companions, all of them. All of them. Subhanallah, some people in our day and age, they uh, uh, yani, uh, go against these texts, the texts of the Qur'an and Sunnah, where we know 100% surely Allah is pleased with the companions. And likewise, the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ even told us by name, many of the companions that are guaranteed Jannah, yet you'll find some people with sick and corrupted hearts criticizing these great individuals, speaking ill of these great individuals. That's why he says, وَقُلْ خَيْرَ قَوْلٍ فِي الصَّحَابَةِ كُلِّهِمْ And only say the best of statements, the best of words with the companions, or about the companions, all of them. And don't be someone who criticizes, who rebukes, abuses and the likes. فَقَدْ نَتَقَ الْوَحْيُ الْمُبِينُ بِفَضْلِهِمْ The clear revelation, and he has came pretty much with texts that have mentioned, has mentioned their virtues. These great men. And then he says, وَفِي الْفَتْحِ and in الْفَتْحِ which is Surah Al-Fatih, chapter in the Qur'an, there is a verse regarding the companions which praises them. For we only obviously say that which is good about them. And as I said, it isn't just the Prophet ﷺ that has been mentioned in the previous texts, but also the great companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So before we got to, into the actual uh, events that happened at the birth of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam all the time, which inshallah next week we'll be mentioning, and we'll try to just quickly touch up on and filter out some of those which are weak narrations 
and some which are even fabricated regarding that which happened at the time of the birth of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That'll be next week, inshallah, where we'll actually get into. Uh, the specifications of the actual birth of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But I like to, or I wanted to give you guys, put your, put you guys into kind of the, 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 the moment, yani of how, how even in the previous text, they were told of the coming of this great man, this great individual, the greatest of men, our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And when you understand how Allah azza wa jal even mentioned him. Out of all people in the texts, took from all the prophets a covenant that if this man comes out, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam emerges, or from all the prophets, that they'll believe in him and they'll support him, they'll follow him. Subhanallah, how great is our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar, wallahi yani, it helps you and aids you in really appreciating. Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So insha'Allah ta'ala We'll continue next uh, fortnight Jazakumullahu khaira Wallahu a'la wa a'lam Wa sallallahu wa sallim Wa barik ala Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio 